Welcome to NREI's Common Area Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning editorial staff at NREIOnline.com. Let's jump right into this week's podcast. Hello and welcome to The Common Area with your host, David Bodemer. I just thought about this, David. Our title's very interesting these days. The Common Area, I believe, refers to an area where everybody gathers together. That is that is very very good observation. Okay, so hang on, time out, uh, David. We're going to do this over again, right? I mean, we're going to keep this recording. But uh, hello and welcome to the uncommon area with your host, David Bodemer, because <laughs> I think that's that's the territory we're in right now. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're all working from home. home. <laughs> right. Uh, yes, we are bringing the uh, common area. The un- uh, uncommon area is actually, yeah, we are in uncommon times. We are in yeah. an uncommon situation. And yeah, you're very, you know, that's right. We we start, the, the name of this podcast was about the places in the buildings where people come together and socialize and are in groups. And that's exactly what we're not supposed to be doing right now. So um, <laughs> yeah. the, the podcast name is... Not good advice. <laughs> well, yeah, for now we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna change it to the uncommon area until we until we come back together. But we're learning some very valuable lessons, David. I, I want to share one with you right now. So working from home, uh, I found out that my I have a bull mastiff, and mm-hmm. he can't be in the same room with me when I'm working because number one, when he sleeps, he snores, and so that will really screw up some recording <laughs> time, right? That that's number one. Yeah. But number two. His breath is is terrible, and I, I haven't noticed it as much now that I'm in an enclosed space with him, or I was until I, I, I banished him to a, a different room in the house. But good gravy, that dog, he needs a mint. So <laughs> those are some of the life lessons I'm learning from this, not to make light of the coronavirus and people that are actually suffering or sick or have family members that are sick, but uh, it is a different world that we're living in, and, and it's affecting everything. So it'll be a great conversation yeah. today about that. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm in my home in Brooklyn. You know, we have a New York apartment, so it's you know what those are like. And uh, so my wife and I are both working from home, and we have uh, our two cats, and one of whom really likes to play fetch. Ah. So a bit of a disruption when trying to. <laughs> I'm hoping he doesn't kind of come up during the podcast and and ask for that. He's he's currently napping. So I think we should be okay. We should. Yeah, we should be good. I got to ask you this question because I actually heard this on the news. It was yesterday. In fact, uh, somebody said that New Yorkers weren't actually aware of how loud construction is because they they're at work normally. And now that they're working from home, they're like, wow, it is really loud here during the day uh, in the different parts of the city. How's your area? Are you uh, experiencing any of that construction noise? Are we I'm, yeah, I guess quiet. I've been I've been lucky. There's no there's no jackhammers going around us right now. Sure. All right, <laughs> good so, deal. Yeah, uh, you'll hear if they are. We've got the window open. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, it's true. yeah, it's true. So yeah, your wife's just, working from home as well, then? Yes, that's correct. Yep. So we're both here. Where we've got our own kind of we work situation happening. Um, <laughs> Perfect example. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, my wife starts working from home tomorrow, so that's uh, another yeah. thing that we're going to be dealing with. And and I do a lot of recording during the day. And and one interesting uh, comment that's that where my office is set up currently is there's a major pipe running right next to my desk. So mm. any showers, laundry, or flushing of toilets upstairs from the other two levels, that'll come right down and sound like a waterfall next to me. So again, wow. <laughs> things to avoid while recording. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm. Well, we'll all make adjustments, I suppose, and we'll make it through this. Uh, 
but will the markets? That's that's uh, that's one of my questions for you. I know that we're not going to be talking about the stock market necessarily, but I'd love to pick your brain on the real estate market and and or just real estate yeah, investments definitely. in general, right? I mean, this is yeah. this is tough. I I read something that you sent me earlier about I, I, the things that I don't think about, David. I mean, it could well first they could fill a room, but the things I don't think about when it comes to real estate is all the convention centers losing mm-hmm. money because of everything being canceled for months. Like you and I were talking earlier, my church is now, um, we've always we've been online for years as far as being able to watch it online. That was something they put in years ago. But now we're doing that, and we, we have a date. We're going to be doing it until at least May 10th. Wow, that's a long time. And so these convention centers, I know that they're putting a lot of stuff off until probably mid-May as well. And I think the total was they're losing $80 billion, if I saw that Something correct. Like that, yeah. Oof, that's insane. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to even think about where to start. I think there's both the the short-term shocks that are happening to some sectors and then um, the question about long-term, what are the impacts going mm-hmm. to be? you know, when things do get back to some sense of normalcy. And for 100% certain, the the sectors that are most getting hampered right now are, are hotels and retail. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the occupancy rates at hotels is, the occupancy rates are, are, are cratering for all the reasons that are very obvious to people right now. No one's doing business travel, there are no conventions, mm-hmm. people are not doing discretionary travel. European travelers can't come here now. (laughs) So, you know, international travel is not happening. Nothing's open even, you know, like in New York, nothing's open even if you did come here. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, yeah, so hotels are taking taking a big hit. And then, again, it wasn't a big surprise, but the it was still shocking to see it when the largest mall owner in the country announced um, in the past – 24 48 hours that they were closing every single one of their properties in the entire country at least until march i think at least till the end of the month wow so yeah you know a lot of their tenants had already decided to close and then the malls obviously are a place where you're going to have more than 50 people or 10 people or whatever the number is we're not supposed to be in now in a place at a time so they you know they had to do it yeah it's not like they're going to take tickets at the door and make sure that only 10 people are shopping at one time so Right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, again, another thing I hadn't thought about was the malls because I just, I just really never go to malls to begin with. But uh, you, you brought up hotels. I can tell you that unfortunately, I had to cancel my vacation, uh, which was supposed to happen at the end of March. We were going to be driving down to Texas, and I had, I had set up an Airbnb, or I was, I was going to be rent, uh, renting an Airbnb for some time there uh, as we visited family, and that's not going to happen uh, just because mm-hmm. of for safety reasons. Uh, we really wanted to go visit my wife's grandmother, who's 93, and we thought, you know, just we're not going to take any chances, not now, just in case. Yeah. If there's anything that we would possibly be exposed to between now and then, there's no way I'm going to take it down to her. So right. we made that decision, and so now my uh, we were going to rent a minivan as well for uh, f- to, to take the grandkids and my daughter along and, and make a family trip of it. So there's two industries right there that, you know, I'm affecting by not renting there. And uh, I know that that's happening all across the United States. So that's pretty big. Yeah. And then, so just given that, that kind of uncertainty, uh, you know, offices and I mean, uh, Governor Cuomo today, yesterday he had said that, you know, for businesses, um, 
that were in offices to if they were still bringing people in, which most of them, you know, I think aren't anyway, but if they were, they had to drop to 50% of their workforce could only come into the office at a time and the rest had to work from home. Uh, and today he dropped that to 20, only 25% of their workforce can be in the office at any mm-hmm. one time right mm-hmm. now. So, so the office buildings are uh, empty, although that, you know, people are paying their leases. So that's not a financial impact. It's just an um, activity impact for them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side, of course, industrial is probably is insanely busy because of having to be the backbone of the logistics train uh, chain in this country. So mm. every grocery stores that have to be restocked way more often and drugstores that have to be restocked way more often right now, as well as the order fulfillment that Amazon and Walmart are doing, you know, to for for people who don't even want to go out yeah yeah absolutely i mean i think i think amazon said that they were looking to hire a hundred thousand more workers um in the middle of this wow so yeah it gives you a sense although how they keep their workforce safe is another question but um yeah yeah yeah, that's i'm I'm trying to figure that out they're hiring a whole bunch more people uh, those people aren't going to be working from home, most likely. You know, if they're talking about order fulfillment places and all that, that's a those those people are tightly packed in there a lot of times. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. how that's handled. Um, I just don't know how it yeah. could be done without you know having all those people in the same place. Yeah, I think I mean Amazon's definitely made a lot of progress in using, I think, some automation in their warehouses mm-hmm. and, and fewer pe- people per square foot. But I, I I don't currently know what the what that what that balance looks like right now yeah yeah absolutely well again the products need to get to the locations so whether it's a distribution center whether it's uh you know truck drivers driving semi trucks full of grocery goods or whatever other goods need to be delivered there's going to be you know we we have to get it to us you know there's a lot of places that aren't farming and i'm assuming new york city is going to be one of those and and i know that's where you're at you've got a lot of local places we were talking about earlier that people are still having to go out and having to do some shopping, although maybe a little bit more minimalistic on a, on a mm-hmm. grander scale, but it still has to be done. So we just need to take all the precautions that, that the healthcare organizations are telling us to, and, and just to make sure everybody's safe in that, in that aspect. Yeah, exactly. So there's a I think Yeah. I mean, it's just the way that everybody in general is talking about this, which is that there's the first is the, the, the things we have to do to flatten the curve and what that means for the day-to-day occupancy of buildings or the day-to-day business at certain kinds of tenants. But then, you know, the second piece of this is what kind of fiscal and monetary policy uh, we're going to see to help us uh, help some of these industries get through Mm -hmm. Um, retail, the largest, shopping mall association in the country, as well as the, the largest hotel association in the country, they've already met with President Trump to make a case for aid for, you know, those sectors mm-hmm. um, or, you know, wait, you know, ways to, to help um, cover the demand, you know, the, the astronomical drop in demand that that's currently occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I think everybody or a lot of people are assuming 
that once we get through the worst of the pandemic and we can kind of ramp back up, that demand should bounce back rather rapidly. But the question is, you know, so for people that are put out of work for a couple of months um, or reduced hours or whatever, it's like, how do, you know, how do you make sure those people aren't ruined so that when things come back, they can actually go back to spending, you know, spending the money that in retail establishments or being able to take your trips, so those kinds of things. Um, and then for the businesses themselves, what kind of loans or, um, you know, if not bailouts, at least if they're going to be finance, you know, small business loans or, or financing to help people kind of just recover from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's, it's also the, the, I don't know if you want to call it trickle down or the chain, I guess it's more of a chain, but you think of all those suppliers that supply the larger companies. So just taking Boeing as an example, I know they're hurting mm-hmm. badly and their, their stock, I think dropped by 75%. Think about all the small businesses that feed Boeing, uh, you know, whether right. it's parts or other, other things. My concern is that, you know, when we talk about bailouts and, and assistance, that these larger, even the hotel chains, they, they have suppliers, they have people that they use to supply, whether it's different products within the hotels or, or whatever, all of them are hurting as well. And is anybody going mm-hmm. to bat for them? Uh, because I, I could see the, the bailout going to large hotel chains to help them stay afloat, but yet I don't think they're going to be as generous to trickle that down to the suppliers that they have uh, to keep them all in business and them all employed. So it, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, what kind of conditionality they put on it, how mm-hmm. much it's, how much they try to l- focus what that money goes towards. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of uh, people pointing out that how much money companies have used on stock buybacks for recent years. That yes. if they had just held on to cash, would you know, or had done different things with that money, they would be in a better position to ride this out right now. So, like, why should we just reward them with you know no? no strings attached bailouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a valid concern, but yeah, I think, you know, making sure that, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen the, the thing that seems very different to me from like the financial crisis a decade ago is that that was, you know, that, there was financial bubbles. There were things that got way out of control in terms of two, you know, lack of regulation on wall street and, and, and bubbles and asset price bubbles and, all this financial engineering and you know that created this distortion of the housing market and then that created all this damage in the real economy that had to be repaired this is a completely different situation this is not being created by by over by by an overproduction mm-hmm. uh, or by oversupply of capital or by a bubble this is just a unprecedented you know drop in demand all yes. at once because you know people are afraid or people are literally, you know, out of, you know, I mean, like in New York, you shut down every, you know, every server, so many service workers are out of work now. (laughs) So are they going to get unemployment? Are they going to get, you know, how are they going to navigate that? So it's a demand shock. And so what can we do to make, to, to get demand going again, Mm -hmm. whenever we get through, you know, the immediate healthcare crisis, which is um, obviously far from uh, over and probably far from having peaked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I I know that there's hopefully light at the end of the tunnel. We've had recent news uh, from China that they haven't had any new cases reported. I don't know how Mm -hmm. accurate that is. 
uh, and that they're starting to bring people back from work. And, and people were talking that this was about a 30 day period that they had to just absolutely kind of almost shut everything down to say, okay, no more. And then we're going to give it this, you know, flatten out the curve, as you said, and now we're going to go ahead and start integrating people back in. Uh, that would be great if it was that short a time. I'm not as uh, hopeful that it is that short of a time, but uh, sure would be nice. Yeah, I think you're um, just given the nature of the ability to shut things down in the U.S., mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to put it in uh, more polite terms, I guess. <laughs> yes, yeah. Very political terms, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's going to, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder to shut everything down. I think it's going to take a little bit longer to, for things to get control, but, yeah, but my, I mean, our company Informa that owns uh, NREI does have offices in China and has conventions in China. And one of the things they are conveying to us is that things are starting to come back to normal there. So that you know, they've the our, our offices in China that were all remote work for a while. People are starting to come back in the office. Oh, good. And we're starting to talk about events again. So, so it is happening. Whether you know. I think the, we always have questions about the Chinese government um, telling us the truth on things, but if people are, you know, I think we have examples from businesses that operate in China that, that can validate that they are starting to get back to some semblancy. Well, that's good. Again, uh, staying hopeful and, and uh, hoping for the best for sure. If you had to give advice and I, I hate to even, I mean, that's a huge, huge, uh, ball of wire there that could be unraveled very, very quickly. But if you had advice that you were, you were going to give somebody who was thinking about, okay, what do I do about investing in real estate right now compared to in a month and compared to six months, what are your thoughts? Are you, are you hearing anything uh, from, from folks that are still looking to invest or are they, are people playing it really safe, close to the chest? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how rapidly it's shifted because even a week ago, people were telling us, oh, no, we're still going to, you know, we're keeping an eye on things, but we're, we're still doing deals mm-hmm. um, to this week. It's like, no, we're, we're going to hold off. I think that's, that's probably the best advice is just to wait um, for yes. at least a little bit before doing anything. I think, but, you know, on the flip side, when, you know, when things ease up, the capital markets conditions are going to be very favorable. Yeah. And interest rates, you drop into, you know, interest rates are going to be very low. Um, so if the banks are willing to finance deals, the cost of capital is going to be pretty low. So that could, you know, that's going to make it a good time to invest in real estate. Cause it's always, you know, when there's a nice spread between your cost of capital and your potential returns, you know, that's, that's the sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I think it's just the question of how deep is, you know, how deep is the economic hit going to be for the second quarter? How quickly does it bounce back for the third quarter? How does that translate into real estate fundamentals? You know, and then that, I think all that stuff has to sort itself out um, before people make any kind of decisions on closing any deals. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, David, anything else for today? Any closing thoughts for today that we need to think about? I just, oh, I just wanted to point out that for at NREI, we have centralized all of our coverage that's related to COVID-19 as one part of our website. Okay. um, Where it's, so every story that we're writing that has, you know, that's talking about what 
people are doing and, and we're also trying to like you know it's very serious but we also are going to we're going to try to do some stories in the next couple of weeks about how people are you know adapting to working from home in the commercial reality industry i mean this is a business where people are very used to being in conference center conferences together or mm-hmm. you know pressing the flush to get deals done so how are they adapting to doing zoom meetings with each other and you know how are they um you know how 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 are you know how's that working for people? So yeah, how's business getting done? Yep. And we also do have as well this we're trying to keep it as update as update as possible. This we've created a commercial real estate resource center page that has links to to what every major commercial real estate association is doing in terms of um, guidance to their members, uh, best practices for property management for various sectors, and how to keep their property safe updates on their lobbying efforts for helping shape the stimulus packages. So we're trying to make that a, um, an up-to-date and good resource for um, the industry. Fantastic. All right. Well, I know that I'm going to be planning a trip to the store today for just a couple things and possibly some mints for my dog because I just can't take <laughs> that anymore. Uh, so uh, to just you... to teach him about social distancing. <laughs> Yeah, I, that would be that would be great. Uh, he's an old dog, and that's a new trick, my friend. I don't know if that'll happen. He still thinks he can crawl up on my lap. I'm like, bro, you're huge. Stop. You got to get down. So, um, but David, to you and your family, please stay safe uh, and you, uh, you know wash your hands and all that good stuff. <laughs> and to all our listeners, I'm sure you have the same message. Uh, any anything else for the listeners today, David? No, but should I, should I dunk this microphone in water too? Is that advisable just once a week (laughs) just not while it's plugged in right (laughs) (laughs) all right david thank you so much for your time today and audience we thank you for listening to the common area excuse me the uncommon area podcast with david bodimer if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet please click the subscribe now button below this way when david comes out with a new podcast it'll show up directly on your listening device this makes it much easier to share these podcasts and safer because you know it's just a link and you don't have to hand it to them in person Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at NREI, this is Eric Johnson inviting you back in two weeks for all the stories that matter to you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Common Area Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of NREI or Informa. The content has been made available for information and educational purposes only.